Amen. Now for the word of God, we're calling the angel of this house, Dr. Apostle Suzanne Howard. Praise the Lord and good morning. How are you today? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Y'all doing a whole lot today. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I haven't been up here in a while. Thank you, brother. I feel like it. I, I think, well, I've only come up here, I think, last week just to make a statement. But this is my first time, the last Sunday in February. Not just being in the, well, I've been in the building, I've been working, but I haven't been in the pulpit, and it feels new again. I don't know if I like that or not. Something about them shoes that's been broken in, you feel good. When you got to put on new shoes, they look good, but they don't really feel that good yet. So give me a moment as I reposition myself back up here again. Praise the Lord for our musicians. Good to see John Paul at home. Amen. Beautiful. And to all the wonderful people of God that are in the house today, that the Lord was so kind to allow breath to come from our lungs one more time again. Thank you, Lord. Once you say hello to someone near you, then you can take your seat. If you want to get out your seat and reach someone quickly, I'm going to give you a few seconds to do that. But this is not time for y'all to visit somebody's home address. Say hello, give a hug, tell them we'll talk after, we'll talk after. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Sometimes that embrace is what we need after all week long. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. He's worthy. He's worthy. Does anybody know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, there'd be some awful places you'd be right now. Somebody just look back real slow. Just look back real slow. My, 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 my. Because when you look back over your life, you, you can say that I'm blessed, but you also got admitted this had nothing of my doing. Some of us gave up a long, long, mighty time ago. But God, there was this song that I think it was Israel and Newbridge used to sing, and it, you know, certain songs get me through certain seasons. And um, I, I forget the title, it might be He Won't Let Go. But he was talking about how when he took his hand from the Lord's hand, the Lord would not let him go. The song ministers deeply. Play it. Listen to it sometimes. Because sometimes in our stubbornness or our impatience, we think that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for us. But you were born because he has plan or purpose for you. I've heard some incredible stories of people who moms have actually gone to an abortion facility and tried to abort a child. And the child could not be aborted. 
I'm telling you the power of God when we let him. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good God, is he not? Yes, he is. Amen. Are you happy to know him? Yes. All right. Beautiful. Let me see if I can remember what I gave Tasha. Let me look at this real quick so I can tell you where we're at. So we're going to talk this morning together. We're going to bond. I'm going to eat some good food with some great men after church on Sunday. Yes, today is the day. I feel so fortunate and so blessed to have that opportunity. Such an honor. Um, okay, so our title today is going to be, Who Does Man Say That I Am? <clears throat> Who Does Man Say That I Am? And let's see. My stuff is all over the place. Thank you. So that's Mark 8 and 27. Jesus was going all these places, doing what he was commissioned and birthed and purposed to do. He was with his disciples when he left many villages, especially when he left Galilee and heading up to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And as he and his disciples were walking, he asked them, who do people, who does man say that I am? Interesting question. The reason that we have that for a question today, because I want to talk to the house about relationships, and I want to talk to the man about being who God has called him to be. So for my subtopic, which is really what we're going to be about today, we can probably consider this series um, on who does man say that I am. I don't think it's going to be a consistent one every week. I may do it once a month. Um, but for the subtitle for today, we're going to take a contemplative look at my inner voice. And this is really specific to men, but there's a portion for the women. Y'all all right? Mm-hmm. A contemplative look at my inner voice. <sighs> men. Yeah, I got a lot that I've learned about y'all and are still learning about y'all, and I'm sure it's vice versa. Like, how could we be here for so many thousands of years and still don't know each other and how to work with one another? And even one of the most important things, who do you say that I am? Knowing me. But it's important to understand that before you can know anyone else, what? You gotta know yourself. So a lot of our misunderstandings of people comes from our misunderstanding of self. Jesus wasn't really caring or even asking them, who does man say that I am? He wanted to know how aware the people with him were. Mm-hmm. I've learned and I want to read this portion today. Men, there are so many roles that y'all are expected to fill. Amazing. I never thought of it like this. The roles that y'all are expected to fill are varied and they're lifelong. With little or any room for a break from those expectations. I got a different outlook on y'all. I'm going to be honest. 
this morning I said something to my husband. I forget what I said to him. Oh, I called him a name. And he turned around. He said, yes, baby. I said, you passed the image test. He was like, what? I said, you're here in church today. Because <laughs> yeah. man, after all, was created in the image and likeness of our God. So for most of the life of a boy to a man, there are different roles that have been expected of them, verbalized to them, expressed through disappointments of them. So women, I want us today to just allow our men to take an exhale because I don't think we even realize the power of the position that we play in their lives. Even when men are in a recreational mode, they still face expectations. Sometimes from their peers, sometimes from within themselves, from other voices throughout their lives. But the one thing a man is always expected to be, and that's a man. And believe it or not, that's where the confusion comes in. Because what is a man? What is a man? Who told you who you were as a man? Based upon who told you who you were as a man, created who you were as a man, whether you realize it or not. You are always expected to be a man. You must be one kind of man with your friends, another with coworkers, and someone else with your loved ones. Expectations of you are set by a number of sources. The women in your life <laughs> have set expectations for men without fully understanding what it means to be a man. What did I just say? And who set the expectations? Women set expectations for our men, brothers, our fathers, uncles, our boyfriends or husbands, we've set expectations of what it means to be a man and we don't even know what it's like to be a man. Right. Get your fan out, Pastor D. We're going to be all right. Men have to have so many roles from these expectations and yet they show up in one form or another every single time. The women in your life have set expectations for you without fully understanding what it even means to be a man. Your mother has had her expectations and maybe still does of you. Your sister, believe it or not, has her expectations of you. And the woman you love has yet another set of expectations for you. Men, just, just, just wipe your brow. Wipe your brow. That's a whole lot. Because y'all might not even have realized that... Some of the pressure you're feeling is from the women in your lives. Boy, y'all faces are saying a lot. Mike Rose, I want you to sit up here. I want you to catch faces with that camera this away. <laughs> and yet, all three of those expectations of a man's role are conflicting with each other. The mother has her expectation that the wife doesn't expect mother to have. 
Mother has an expectation that she don't think wife has earned to have. The sisters are just going to expect from him her entire life because that's my brother. And men, having attempted to respond to them all in so many ways, have simply given up. Yeah, we going there. Y'all knew I was coming back today. Somebody said, we've had some good church, but I miss you, Apostle. I said, well, I'm coming back. Y'all better praise him all the day long because mama coming home. Absent male role. Absent male road. R-O-L-E. The man is present for attendance, but absent in his role. I'm going to use the name George. He developed for himself the criteria of a real man. And he got most of the idea of what his criteria is of a real man by his grandmother's expectations because grandma raised him. So a man to him was only what grandma emphasized and not any of the other parts that he was not expected or demanded to rise to the occasion for. George had many degrees in his life, very successful in his life, had even been married for over 40 years. Nevertheless, he had a behavior towards his wife, which was abusive for many years. Stay with me. And though his relationship with his children had improved, there was still a great gap between them. With the swell of all the stuff that's going on in media, that's going on in media, many young men have already started emulating social media images that are real, unreal, and undesirable. Y'all see him, right? Wearing these chains. They'll even wear fake ones just to emulate an image of what they see on TV. Rappers even model for our young men when they brag in their lyrics about going to hell, as though they are so hard that nothing can intimidate them. Other young men emulate the behaviors of these other men who are celebrated and idolized by the media, but are not true examples of true manhood. Some examples are impregnating women irresponsibly, abusing them with no sense of accountability. Trying to get his name in. Wild and out. Okay. He has become a joke right now. Where everyone is making a comment about him as a joke. That he's gonna he's gonna fill his stage with all his own children that how do you even remember the names of all of your children? How do you attend the birth dates of all of these children that you're making? He's still making children. And a lot of the men are like macho bravado. Yeah, you're making a lot of babies, woo. Feathers, yeah, collecting feathers. But a lot of the real questions have been to him, what is your plan for these children? 
He said his main focus is to raise them in the entertainment industry by the path that he's already made for them. So every single one of them is going to have to use a talent or an art, and that's what he can leave to all of his children, even the ones whose lives he's not even to be involved in, truly involved in. I wonder who's fathering him. Because there's, there's, a, there's a thing going on now where people can't understand the concept of God-ordained marriage. So people are making their own forms of marriage. So they can find marital bliss in a Whopper sold at the mobile gas station versus the Whopper sold at Burger King. Do you get my drift? Images, forms, replications, knockoffs of the original thing because we can't find our own individual satisfaction in them. We begin to make up things to find our own happiness. When happiness is truly going to come from following the original intent and will, the purpose of why it was even created. So the absence of authentic role models have left a lot of boys and even men feeling pressured to perform. Come on men, say pressured to perform. Even though you are not exactly sure what you need to be performing. And time after time, you miss the target of those expectations. Men, just point over to somewhere for me and just say those expectations. Because they're not yours. Many men are unsure of themselves, disillusioned by what supposedly constitutes even for a real man. Too many of us are trying to model ourselves after a prototype that actually invalidates historic manhood, but does not show men how real men look act and think. I think it was even Steve Harvey who kind of gave women permission that you can think like a man and still show up like a woman. There's a reason why God doesn't want us thinking like a man. There's a reason why God needs us to think like a woman. Because we are there to govern and keep in a prophetic safety the words and the vision of our husband. If I think like him, one of us don't need to be here. All it does is bring in identity confusion and personal identity crises, which are usually at the root of manhood dilemma. We had a wonderful time at the singles conference the past weekend. I want to thank the singles and Prophet Thomasina and Prophet Lisa for stepping in and teaching I had a big assignment, but I knew I didn't have enough time to do it. So the Lord told me, make duplications of yourself. So I took my assignment and I cut it in three pieces and I gave peace to Thomasina, peace to Lisa. I said, study it, get your own verbiage and your connection to it, and then produce for me an image. And then we had Prophet Dela come from, she used to be from New York, D3 Ministries. She's from New Jersey now, and she's married. Yes young woman married to a young man of God and she shared that she believes that the reason why she was able to receive her gift of husbandhood is after she watched the teachings here at the Apostles House by y'all Apostle talking about masculinity. She said she didn't have respect for men because her father was absent, her uncles was drunks, 
baby makers sleeping around, not keeping their word, not showing up. So for her, the image of a man that she didn't even realize she had was skewed. And it was based on just a few men that she was able to observe throughout her life. So she said when she first heard that teaching, she was like, oh, I ain't about to follow Apostle Howard on this one. She said, but the next week, she just kind of said, let me see if she stayed on topic. And the next week, let me see if Apostle stayed on topic. She said, you drilled that thing so deeply in me that I believe by the time I ran into my husband, I was able to receive him. She said, if he would have come any sooner, I would have lost him. Because of my image of man was what was portrayed in front of me. Amen. Amen. We know, we all know that it is incorrect to try to fit in to a woman's idea of manhood. God, Bernard, you hear us right now? <laughs> be a man. I just want you to be a man. He's like, that's all I can be. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, so you're talking about your concept of what I should be. See, I, I can use us. I'm going to stay out of y'all house until y'all give me permission. But I <laughs> just stretch. Let the stress out. How many of us have said that? I've heard it in marriage counseling. I just want my husband to be a man. And I'm like, girl, I hear you. Until I heard, we have no idea what it's like to be a man. We can't even decide what we want to eat today. But yet we have an idea of what a man should look like in someone who's male versus someone who's feminine male, female. I just know it doesn't look like that. And then the other thing, baby, what do you want? It would make it so much easier for me, Suzanne, if you just told me what you wanted. If I told you what I wanted, then that would me be do I would be doing the job myself. And what would I need you for? But I said, if you just tell me what you want, Suzanne, I will do it. I will go and get it. I will make it happen. Then I get with the girls. Could you believe <laughs> this man had the nerve to ask me what I want? He should know that. Come on, wives, raise your hand. Just let the stress out. The demons are going to begin to come from your fingertips today. Because y'all all have said it. I heard it. Y'all was with me in our gardens. The absence of authentic role models for our men have left them feeling pressured to perform, even though they are not exactly sure what they need to be doing because it changes from his mother to his sisters, from his coworkers to his wife. And time after time, he keeps missing that target. What do you think he's going to do after he keeps missing the target? Come on, y'all, talk to me. <laughs> I remember when T.D. Jakes preached, washing my nets. And he talked about when the disciples came back in from fishing all night, they caught nothing. And then when they got with Jesus, he said, many of y'all married people are sitting there staring the tea, asking for the crumpets to be passed at the table, and y'all have washed y'all nets. You're there in body, but emotionally, sexually, physically, you have left the plantation. Pass me the sugar, sure, dear. Pass me the eggs, sure, honey. What are you doing today? I don't know, have a good day. Washing our nets. Feeling like we've worked so hard, toiled so hard, and got nothing in return for the toiling of the nets called marriage or relationships. Men get the peace today and feel validated. 
that through all these expectations and hearing the frustration from your mother and your daughters, let me include them, your sisters, your girlfriend or your wives, be validated today that you have tried really, really hard to meet those expectations. But today it ends. Today you're going to find out exactly what God wants for you. And you're going to begin to meet the expectations of God. And you're going to be able to see how happy woman is with her God man over the man that she tells him how to be a man. Too many men have tried to model themselves after these different prototypes. I've, I've, I've even seen it with guys I've dated where I got, I got to know them, right? And then when I was introduced to their mother, they were a whole different guy. I was like, that's how you act in front of your mother? He's like, what you mean? I'm one person. No, you're not. That's how you act. You act like her little poopa, poopa, poopa. <laughs> and you just sitting there eating it up, mommy, mommy, mommy. You want something to eat? Yes, mother. What would you like, baby? Anything you make, mom, it's so good. But at home? You know I don't eat that. You know I don't like that. You know I don't want that season. I don't want that spice. You didn't cook that. You didn't make it with love. You put it in the crock pot. You had Peyton started the night before and you called Peyton while you were out with the girls to finish it. Anything you make, mommy, I like whatever you make. We know that it's incorrect to try to fit into a woman's idea of manhood rather than men to become secure in your own identity and then add those necessary skill sets in to produce a positive interaction with a woman. Can y'all say that with me today? A positive interaction with a woman. Say more specifically, my woman. Mm. Yes, sir. But identity, confusion, and personal identity crises are at the root of manhood dilemma. It is extremely difficult to figure out who you should be when you are not sure what you should be. Write that down. Who I should be versus what I should be. Because Despite woman's best effort to tell you what a man is, only you know that. Even after you figure out who you should be, the right idea of manhood, you will continue to struggle with what you should represent, represent as a man in your various situations and roles. Y'all all right with me today? Mm. Yeah, I really want that. Hang on with me for one second. I'm trying to find why I took a copy of my notes clearer. Y'all feeling all right? Yeah. yeah, men, how you doing? Do, do y'all think I'm coming for y'all? Y'all do? Oh, okay. Because, yeah, because truth be told, 
And a lot of the wives will tell you that. My favorites in the church are the men. Latanya, you already knew it. It's the men. Mm-hmm. Can we move on? All right. Have you ever felt men displaced in your own home? I might need somebody to finish this for me because I might have to tag out. I won't even look his way. Hey, men. Hey, men. Have y'all ever felt displaced in your own home? <laughs> that may be because you are expected to conduct yourself with a sense of ownership and involvement that you may never have felt you possessed in your own home. Right. Y'all all right? Swallow. Y'all got water? You may feel, men, as though the house you are working to pay for is not really your domain. Man's sphere of influence has effectively been moved outside of his own home. You can't say a word, just wave your hand. Men, I want to ask y'all some questions. Can y'all answer truthfully? Is your domain outside of your family unit? Wives, leave them alone. How much influence do you exercise in your own home? Influence. Not dominating, bullying, passive-aggressive styles of leadership. Influence. Influence means that you're leading someone. Dr. Maxwell, John Maxwell says it best. If you think you're a leader and you're walking and no one is following you, you are simply taking a walk. You are not influencing. You are not leading anyone. My goal was to kind of set us up, maybe to look like a mosque in here today, because I wanted to bring the men on one side so I can look at them and help them, help them to help me. So I ain't got to look at them women. That's why I had dinner with Corindus yesterday, because I knew she wouldn't probably take me to dinner today. Men, thank you, one man. That's the problem right there. No, it, yeah, right. One, one of the main captions of this work, this program that I'm introducing in here today is men, where is your voice? Men, where is your voice? One man responded when I said men. Y'all want to be called something else? Maybe what she calls you in the house, I should call you so you'll answer. Y'all want to help me? What should I, my booker eye, booker's like, land the plane, land the plane. What should be my term of endearment with you? How shall I call thee so I can get a response from thee? Hello, man. Thank you. How is it that you try to keep your passion for something from which you have been effectively excluded from? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Can I get an answer from one man? 
Yes, sir. How can you keep your passion for something from which you have been effectively excluded from? Prayer? Thank you. Somebody says prayer. It's hard. He got that Holy Spirit rock going on. Comfort him, Holy Ghost. Or you hitting him and that's why he keep moving. Oh, okay. Say something to apostle. I dare you because you got to ride home with me. And y'all know how we do it when we married. And it's my car we took today. It's my car. Me and Bernard this morning when I was getting on him, I said, this is my water. <laughs> men. Oh, and let me, let me refrain. I was just taught by a man. Hello, men. Look at the difference in response. What are your cultural norms of your household leadership that you were raised in? Some of these wives creeping downstairs to listen to this message. <laughs> Lastly, how can you learn to lead your household according to God's purpose and design? Some things I want y'all to think about. I don't care if you're single, if you're married. Most men want to be married because men don't want to burn. Do I have a church in here today? Hello, men. Let's go to Exodus. Let me give you a scripture. Yeah, because I can tell right now I'm not going to get through all this today. I'm going to take my time and enjoy myself because I'm not going to hurt myself today. When the word is for you, my little outfit about to be sweating. <laughs> the outfit going to be sweating. <laughs> Exodus 3, 1 through 5. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro the priest of Midian, and he went deep into the wilderness near Sinai, the mountain, somebody say mountain, mountain. of God. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. There's a mountain of God. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a blazing fire in a bush. Moses was amazed because the bush was engulfed in flames, but it did not burn up. Amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go over there to see this. When the Lord saw that he had caught Moses' attention, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, replied Moses. God says, do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. God called Moses to a mountain, a mountain for us for believers, but I want to talk to the men today. A mountain is often seen in scripture as a place of hindrance. Write it down. And don't call your wife mountain tonight. <laughs> hey mountain, you coming up? <laughs> Whose laugh is that? <laughs> Come here mountain. I was thinking about your grandfather, Misha. The story you told me about your grandfather and his nickname. God called Moses to a mountain. A mountain is often seen in scripture as a place of hindrance, a blockade. Block and then A-D-E. Something standing between man and where he wants to be. Y'all still with me? God called Moses to a mountain and Moses comes up to the mountain and several significant things happen 
What does a mountain mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. What's your wife nickname that you have for her? I want to hear some names. Huh? Okay, I didn't hear it, so that's good. What is it? Elder Manny's trying to be the ram in the bush today. Babe? Very good. That's he. Come on, he passed the image test. That's so beautiful. What's the name you have for your wife? Yeah. Yeah. Think about that on the ride home. We went to premarital counseling, right? Actually, it was, we was newlywed counseling. We was married. And the counselor wanted to know what was our affectionately termed names for each other. And I said, I call him B. And Bernard hated it. When he looked in my phone and saw he was B and not husband, he came at me real hard. And I'm like, husband isn't a dear, a, a term of affection, a term of endearment to me. Anybody can be a husband. You're my B. That's what it meant for me. But because he didn't understand it, he eating the corners of his mouth. I'm in trouble today. Because he didn't understand my communication and what was heartfelt to me, he didn't think that it was kind and loving and respectful. Somebody say her turn. So the pastor and the psychologist asked my husband, B, what's the name you call your wife? He said, Badger. What? What? <laughs> it sounds bad. Uh huh. Look at look look at the sweet talker. Come out. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen a badger? Have y'all ever seen a badger at work? It's coming at you. See see see. See, you caught him, right? So it doesn't mean fearless and all of the, the Say again. Female badgers? Honey badgers have no respect. John Paul did not help you. Wasn't y'all bowling last night? <laughs> Weren't y'all together last night? <laughs> they have no respect. It looked like a, 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 a toxic... Possum. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes, Aaron. Mm. Mm. That is not what he meant. It's men's Sunday. I'm gonna let him have his Sunday. That is not what he meant. The counselor said to him, man of God, you can't call your wife that and expect her not to be that? And Bernard was like, well, where we are right now, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, that counselor didn't last long. We burned him out real fast. He was trying to give us money back. He was like, why are Christians the worst people to counsel? Why are pastors the worst people to counsel? They know the word of God, and when somebody calls them on application, they have a problem with the word of God. I said, I don't know. 
I just know Badger and B is here and we need help. <laughs> That's who showed up today. So Moses came up to his mountain and several, with several significant things happening. We look at the mountain first as a problem. Somebody say how we look at it. How we look at it. We look at the mountain first as a problem. But a mountain is actually a sanctifying, identifying, maturing place for a man. We look, the mindset. Remember I said that contemplativeness? Remember that was the subtitle for today? We look at the mountain as a problem. But a mountain is a sanctifying, identifying, maturing place for a man. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit said to me, and I said, God, what does that mean? He says, no one's born strong. It's by the mountains you're given in your life that creates your strength. If a man doesn't have a mountain, he doesn't know his strength. But all his life he's told, you got to be strong. Man up. Act like a man. You acting like a boy. Have some, some common sense to your manhood. Dress like a man, talk like a man, act like a man, everything but be a man. Because we're afraid if you be a man, we might not like what you be. Mm-hmm, thank you. Hold me up, y'all. So instead of looking at a mountain as a problem, let's look at it, brothers, as a sanctifying, identifying, maturing place for you. Listen to this. A problem helps set a man apart into his manhood. A problem helps set a man apart into his manhood. Men, you need a problem to be thrusted into your manhood. One of the problems in communication between the male and the female, especially with the wife and the husband, is that she wants to tell him, guess what my girls had nerve to say tonight? He ain't interested because man wants to fix because mountains are problems to him. So if it's not anything to fix, he doesn't have any regard for your conversation. And then when we, I'm not asking for your advice. I already know what I'm going to do. I just want you to hear me talk. Am I telling the truth? So a mountain to a man is a place where man hears God. Mm, 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 mm. Men don't run from your mountains. Your mountain is the place where you are to hear from God. God uses a mountain for a man to sanctify him. Listen now. God uses a mountain for a man to sanctify him and to attune a man's ear to the voice of God. Because God is the one that can tell you what it means to be a man. And all those other voices that you're giving ear to is distorting not just your version of what it means to be a man, but the authentic version that only you really can be, which is a man in God. A 
man must learn the voice of God in his life. Please write it down. A man must learn the voice of God in his life. Come on, my brothers. I got faith in y'all. Wives, y'all all right? Yes. Women, y'all okay? Yes. Come on. A man must learn the voice of God in his life. Women, I would say if you're interested in somebody and going to our singles retreat, the talk that we have, Bernard took a portion of the singles retreat and he, he broke it down and asked the women some questions and gave us some stuff to ponder. It was like the Red Sea splitting in that room. Some women was like, mm-mm, I ain't dealing with that. The other set of women said, if he's a good, loyal man, yes, I will. Yeah, it was a good talk. You should have been there. <laughs> if you're looking for a man who checks all the boxes, he has a good job, he has good credit, because that's what we look for. What else we were talking about? Was you bringing to us women? He's loyal. He's committed. He's secure. Transparent. Come on. What else? But he does not know the voice of God. Go to another mountain. Because in the end, when trouble comes, he doesn't know what voice to go to, to lean on, to glean from, to hear what it is he should do to get his family by that mountain. We can help you get a job. There's credit restoration services all over social media right now. We can get you a life coach and get your life in some direction. But no one can help you to hear the voice of God but you in that relationship with God yourself. How do you silence your wife's voice? Learn to hear the voice of God. What did I just say? All right, women, kayate. Men, hello, men. What did I just say? Many got that. Many said, I can speak it backwards, forward. I can speak it in tongues. To silence these voices, I got to learn to hear the voice of God. Come on, Manny. Did y'all hear what I said seriously? All right, because I know this can be touchy. So I'm going to give y'all some moments of laughter. But there is a chief aim to what I'm doing here. A man must learn the voice of God in his life. No one else can recognize the voice of God for you. You have to learn it for yourself. And when you learn it, you will then have a voice of your own. Write it down. When I learn the voice of God in my life, I will have a voice of my own. How I'm doing, Mike? Your inner, your inner voice reflects who you are. What's that like? We call it self-talk, right? Oh, you was covering prudence. So that was prudence that was acting up? He was like, she's the one making all these noises. But the, the big shawl was over her. Your inner voice reflects who you are. What does your inner voice say to you on your best day, men? Keep working. Being thankful and grateful. 
Someone else. Come on, men. Stay encouraged. Because the race is not given <laughs> from my wife for me to be strong. Because she don't want me strong. Your inner voice reflects who you are. It also demands to be obeyed. Men. Your inner voice should be influential and persuasive. The fruit of your life is directly related to your decisions. Write it down. The fruit of my life is directly related to my decisions. The fruit, think of that for a moment. Get a visual. The fruit of your life is directly related to your decisions. So why did you decide what you decided in those circumstances and situations and events? Why? Because it's from the fruit of your life. So what is the fruit of your life? An ideal relationship with the voice of God. Do y'all see the connection? Okay. So the fruit of your life is directly related to your decisions. Guess what your decisions will dictate? Character. Write it down. We can talk about it over dinner. Decisions will dictate your character. And guess what happens? Both of these will impact your future. When a man of vision begins to change his future, reflecting the image of God, as his vision becomes clear, he becomes a man with a real voice. Are y'all hearing me? His defeating voice of negativity is replaced with the image of God's voice, a voice of accomplishment. When a man's inner voice changes, his outlook changes. Do you get me? Y'all too quiet for me. I'm going to go preach in the parking lot. Thank you. A new outlook then gives a man a new perception and perspective. Perception and perspective. When you have a new outlook, fellas, it gives you a new perception and a new perspective. Y'all good? That's when your leader voice, write it down, your leader voice is born. See, we're trying to do all this manhood stuff and the ideal man image and likeness. We're trying to do it without God. But we have God-centered marriages. The one thing your wife will respect more than you, I'm sorry, is God. And women know when they hear God's voice and when they don't. Your leader voice is born and you take a new position in your home and in your relationships. Y'all good? So let's talk for a few minutes on God's plan versus man's plan. We have to admit all of us as believers have strayed far from God's plan. We completely get that. And most of the straying has come from two important misunderstandings. Number one, a lack of clarity about God's plan. 
a lack of clarity of God's plan. And for men, just put in parentheses, for man. And secondly, wrong understanding of submission. We'll deal with that some Sundays down the road. Are y'all all right? Y'all still with me? The biblical loss of man's voice began in the book of Genesis with a picture of a man and a woman in a place of productivity with the ability to maximize the expanse that they had created to occupy. God placed them in a place of opportunity and gave them the skill sets necessary needed to succeed if they observed a few fundamental principles. Can I get y'all to write three or four things down? Fundamental principles for success. Cooperation. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got a visual too. Fulfilling role expectations. But you just said, hang on with me. Fulfilling role expectations. Don't end the sentence yet based on your abilities and gifts. You cannot be who you were not created to be. Fulfilling role expectations based on your abilities and gifts. So cooperation, fulfilling role expectations, strategic planning, <clears throat> strategic planning. I know it sounds like a corporate conference right now, but I promise you we're going to go in it. And execution. Discipline. Just two more. Y'all can handle it. Y'all handled all this expectations this far. Discipline, accountability, and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Men were giving the authority to rule their environment and to fulfill their destiny. Yeah, this one's better. Men was given the authority to rule their environment and fulfill their destiny then a crisis in leadership is revealed in the story in Genesis. There was a breakdown in discipline, which led to a lack of accountability and responsibility. The strategic plan was interrupted. The gifts and talents failed to produce the anticipated results. Both the man and the woman lost their places, their strategic advantage, and even their prosperity which is why he told us man is always going to work by the sweat of his brow. The divisive factor is given a place of influence rather than put in its place. Stay with me. When y'all listen on replay, you'll get it all better. The serpent, which they had authority over, was given a place of influence and authority. Eve listened and responded to a voice she had been given the authority to reject. She did not exercise her authority, 
which would have preserved her position and authority in her environment. Meanwhile, the man was silent in his situation. He was present, but silent. Men, he had lost his voice and abandoned his responsibility to be an influence in critical situations. He watched instead of speaking. Why do we do that, men? Come on, any human could answer this, but I want to talk to the men. Mm, you in the book. What else? He said for less complications. Huh? Conflict avoidance. Hmm? Pick your battles. That's absolutely correct. These are all the reasons why. The man was silent. He was present, but silent. He had lost his voice and abandoned his responsibility to be an influence over her and the garden. He watched instead of speaking. God told Adam even to name all the animals. God was giving Adam an image test. Write it down. He wanted to know if Adam knew what each animal's purpose was for. So that when woman showed up, he would know what her purpose was. Yeah, we going in today. Adam is aligned with the image of God and saying the things that God says. A sure way for a woman to figure out whose image a man is living is to listen to what he says. Is he saying the things of God? Is he walking in the image of God with his words, his communication, his vocabulary? A simple image test, but effective nevertheless. Y'all still with me? Both men and women need to be able to successfully interact within their environment. You have beautiful homes. And what goes on inside? Or should I say we have beautiful houses, but missing a home on the inside? Men, God has put something in your voice. Say it. God has put something in my voice that he has designed to produce cooperation. Come on, man. Y'all a little boring. I'm going to ask y'all to stand up. And then you can take a seat again. I need y'all present. I need your voice activated. I need you standing in your authority. Even a seated position biblically is not a good position. Y'all look so handsome. Y'all can take a seat. Oh, thank you, musicians. Both men and women need to be able to successfully interact within their environment because God has given man something in his voice. What do you do when his voice makes you sick? Mm -hmm. Something in man's voice was designed to generate a response. Even in all the advertising reality, before Alexa came, all automated voices were men. Because God had designed it. Corporations learned it. Psychologists promoted it. That there is an authority given to man that will never be given to women. 
even though we're created equal, the authority lines are different because of the roles of responsibility. Women, tell me when a man's voice doesn't sound good. Look at, look at how we even talking. Eric, hold on. Just hold on in your seat, brother. Just hold on. Can we admit, though, that there's something about a man's voice? Can we admit that? Some of y'all, that's why y'all single. Because if you don't hear nothing in a man's voice, I don't know what to say to you. Am I the only one? Maybe it's just something for me. Yeah, there's a safety in it. There's a security in it. When I hear a man speak, it's like, I arrived. I'm here. Even in ministry, God made me the senior leader. But when I hear a man's voice, I feel help. Hey, Jesus. God did this. The rest of y'all, we're going to keep fire Fridays. The biblical loss of man's voice begins in the book of Genesis with a picture of a man and a woman in a place of productivity with the ability to maximize the expanse that they have been created to occupy. But then the problems came in. Are y'all with me? Men had decided to take on the role as peacemaker instead of chief operating officer. Man was designed to produce cooperation. Your voice by God has been designed to generate a response. Many men that I talk to that I have the opportunity to sit with, marriage counseling couples, men have lost their voice in their own homes and in their relationships. And they feel as though their voice has had no influence and is not welcomed in their homes. I don't think y'all like me today. In an attempt to try to keep the peace, mm -hmm, in an attempt to try to keep the peace, they keep silent. Feeling only major issues are worth the aggravation and confrontation. They believe that opposing points of view will often lead to a negative outcome. They resign themselves to the situation feeling it's no use. The problem stems from the difference in male to female methods of processing and articulating information. When men receive information, they process, write it down, process for the male, process, contemplate, and then articulate. <laughs> If I had time, I would show you what that looks like. Maybe the next time I deal with our men's Sunday, I can tell you that. When men receive information, their process goes like this. Contemplate, which means what? <laughs> They're thinking. Articulate. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So process, contemplate, and articulate. While women receive process, and articulate. What did I just say? What's the difference? That's not true. That would be the pastor's husband, right? They don't care how you respond. <laughs> Woo! We're getting ready to. No, they, I didn't say that part. Did I skip that part? No, while women receive, process, and articulate, women do not contemplate. We don't think we. Feel. Karina said, we know. 
This is why the Lord told me that we're going to be doing a marriage detox for 30 days with just the married couples because God knows from the rooter to the tutor, we need this. In Jesus' name. <laughs> this accounts for the difference in response rates. Listen to this. This is where Bernard always be like, you just talk real slick, Suzanne, real slick. You talk real fast. If I could talk as fast as you, I would argue too. <laughs> this accounts for the difference in response rates during conversation between men and women. Add to that the universal estimates on the different rates at which men and women think and speak. No wonder there is a gender communication gap. So what does all that mean? Women, as a rule, respond faster, at much faster rates than men do. And you're like, mm hmm that's why we use that weapon. Mm-hmm, my mouth is my weapon. Because <laughs> we don't think. We and another thing. <laughs> Can I speak now? No, and another thing. Because we already know what you're about to think. Yes, he gonna get us through, he gonna get us through, people of earth. <laughs> Women as a rule respond at a faster rate than we do. Men, most of, of the women respond, I'm sorry, most of the men respond with silence because we just can't keep up. <laughs> the exception is usually the man who was raised in a female-headed household and has been conditioned to respond almost in a feminine-like way. Feeling argumentative, I hate to say this next part, and often unforgiving. He learned it from his, his female raising. <laughs> God help us. Right. What did you say? I got a lot of silence, a lot of science in this. The acceptance, of course, is usually by men who was raised in a female-headed household. And also those men have, through research, have been found to respond almost as quickly as a woman because he learned the pattern of communication from the woman who raised them. What was that like, brothers? All of this comes from men being raised in households where the father was not aware of his responsibility or position, and the woman stepped in to fill his role. In Mark 3 and 25, Jesus finished the parable about a house divided. He says, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house, Mark 3, 27 through 28, take away a man's influence in the home, and you have basically tied him up and left the home vulnerable to subtle but serious attacks. When you take away a man's influence in the home, you have basically tied him up. You bound the strong man. Who said that? Amen. Okay. When you discover your God-given voice, men, it allows the woman in your life to stop trying to fulfill your role. That was a good screen, right? When your woman's... When your woman's understanding of you is regained, when your woman's understanding of you is regained, women, you hear that? Yeah. Our understanding of a man is regained, the two of us can return to the kind of mutual admiration and fulfillment God intended. 
determined to become a presence reflecting God's image and embracing his assignment. Without this reconnection with God, to regain your voice, your woman may find herself aiming at a moving target because you may have become contextually inappropriate and unnecessary. Are y'all getting it? Because y'all taking it real easier than I did. She may be unable to connect with her man because she needs to communicate with her man. Now just stand with me. This is going to be good. You cannot take you cannot take on with your woman the person you assume you are with your friends. Uh-huh. You cannot show up. You cannot communicate with your woman like the way you do with your friends in the workplace or the fellas on the basketball court. When you have a problem with your sense of self, it is compounding problems in your life. You discover a deeper sense of inner confusion with each new challenge you face. You have difficulty comprehending what is expected of you and you may speak in a manner that seems inappropriate or irrational to her and now she's no longer listening. It is time to rediscover your voice. Can I get the men to say that? It is time to rediscover my voice. Come on, y'all. And here's how you do it. First, the greatest potential strength you have is not physical. Physical response is what you lean on as a default because we all know that man is the stronger vessel. So a man will begin to hit her, hit the house, beat up things, break things, take off with the car speeding like that somehow hurts us, <laughs> right? Because he's responding in a physical manner. Because remember, he's washed his nets of you. He's just there because, well, we'd have to ask them. Yeah. So the problem becomes with the man in, the, in, the, in his sense of self. It's a compounding problem. You discover a, deep, a deeper sense of inner confusion with each new challenge you face, and you have difficulty comprehending what is expected of you, and you may speak in a manner that seems inappropriate or irrational. She's not listening. It's time to rediscover your voice, and here's how you do it. First, the greatest potential strength you have is not physical. It is your potential for influence. You want to influence her. You need to let her know why she should hear you, why she should trust you. And it doesn't come from a fist. It is your potential for influence. Think of some of the things that men have had women do throughout their life because of his influence on that woman. Women, we have dated some men who've had multiple girlfriends at the same time. And we stayed knowing what we were in because of what? Because of his influence. And I often hear from women who are in the church or um, talking about meeting men in the church, like they're just punks in the church. They're, they're weak in the church. Have you heard it, Joelle, from women outside? Yes. Yes, 100%. A lot of them say that the man leaves his influence and his identity outside the doors of the church when he joins a church because he doesn't know what a man of God looks like. 
and he's more influenced by the other men of God than he is by the voice of God for himself. So as his priest is, usually the men of the church become. Listen, if that leader struggles in homosexuality behavior, you may see some feminine parts of your husband in conversation or communication begin to develop and display because he's not listening to the voice, he's following the voice that's following the voice. So he's going through a medium to reach God instead of reaching God for himself. If his leader is a cheater, more than likely you're going to start seeing different attitudes from him. If his leader is a beater, you're going to start seeing different things displayed from him. Because men are taught this in defining masculinity. Men need fraternity. It is important for men to be gathered together. And when the enemy can keep men of God apart, there are other people that are dictating their leadership, their marriage, and even the direction in which they should go. Having multiple men and multiple leaderships that have no biblical sense is deadly for any marriage. I know people who are not Christians. This is amazing. They are not Christians, but they follow the biblical precepts for marriage. They don't believe in Jesus Christ, but the book he wrote is real good for marriage. And they follow it, and they have successful marriages. How many Christians go to the book when they're having a problem versus the court? Versus their guy friends, their girlfriends. Wow. Delilah. Wow. It's easier, right? It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I'm going to go where I'm honored. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, let me share this for oh, I'm five minutes over my time. Let me share this part. When I was cheated on, right, in relationships, whenever I was able to find out the woman that they cheated on me with. I was often surprised. Does anybody get where I'm going right now? Because I expected to see this high-ranking CEO of Microsoft Corporation, that this chick had stepped in my shoes and stolen my man's attention and affection, or this sexual goddess. I was just intimidated waiting to see this woman. And when I saw this woman, I didn't believe it. So often I hear women say, my, mother, my husband would never mess with that. Yes, he would. <laughs> oh, I know what my husband's like. No, you don't. <laughs> because he's not looking for another you. He's looking for a listening ear, a soft touch, a kind voice, a lap to lay his head in. A Delilah even if she looks like I've never been able to understand it am I telling the truth sir thank you I'm telling the truth I've never been and when I run into them, I'm like I put on my best outfit because it's something one of my girls called oh she gonna be at this club girl we're gonna go check this chick I put on my best outfit I went out and spent a lot of money got my hair done just so she could see me I walked in and said, what in God's, y'all wrong. This is not the one. This is not the one. She's spitting. <laughs> what? Now the confusion multiplies because I'm thinking I'm not enough. I'm thinking sexually I'm not enough. So I stepped it up sexually. Come on, women. He wonder why it was so great that other weekend. 
I started to find out what he liked for me to wear, and I wore them poofy, ugly flower skirts. Looking like the lady on the Wizard of Oz. He likes the poofiness. And for me, I got enough poofy. I don't need a skirt that's poofy because then it takes away the, 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 the look and it makes you look. All because I thought she had something that I didn't have outside. But what she did have was time for my man that I didn't have. What she did have was a listening ear for my man that I didn't have. She didn't even have a job. <laughs> she had about five kids. Um, you got it made. We ain't got, you ain't got to take care of nobody kids with me. I'm a package deal. You is a five-woman child on the inside of you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You would never, ever, ever be able to look around the room and say who your husband would mess with. Because you're basing it on who you think you are, not on what he needs. Y'all itching your ears, biting your face, digging up your nose. Brothers, it's going to be all right. Am I all right, sir? Yes. This is going to help you. I, I was listening to um, a podcast last night. It was, they, they had the, the audio, the visual on the podcast. And the woman was saying, men ain't asking y'all to wear these eyelashes. These eyebrows that look like home fries. This is what they said. Men ain't looking for all this weave. This man ain't looking for these BBLs with all the dents and stuff in it. And the other girl who had it done said, oh, yes, they are, honey. Look at this jewelry. This is what they want. And the guy stepped in. Y'all know Andrew, who they call the biggest narcissist right now? He supposedly took over Kevin Samuels, even though he was there before Kevin Samuels. He said, uh, ma'am, no or not. We want a woman who's our ride or die. We want a woman who will love us. We want a woman who ain't going to be telling us what a man is. She's going to be happy when we come home, even if we come home late. She's going to be happy if we come home with cheap ham instead of the right ham. He was like, no, 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 ma'am. That looks for one night. That ain't what we keep. I'm just trying to get us in the right perspective. So oftentimes... And this, is, this has also been proving that women don't dress for men. Women dress for each other. Wait till Thomasina see this skirt. <laughs> Suzanne, I don't really like all the pleats in that skirt. But Thomasina got to see the skirt. I don't care what you like. <laughs> women, when you get dressed, y'all probably think of me more than y'all think about your husband when y'all get dressed. You think of your husband? You think of you. At least we honest, me. I think of me, we all saying me. If you're next to your spouse right now, ask them, what do they like about your outfit that you have on? What do you like about my outfit that I have on? He's smart. <laughs> 15 years of training. He's smart. <laughs> it's paid off. He said, I like the pleats. I like the cover. What don't you like? He looked me up and down, laughed, and said, there's nothing I don't like, honey. 
Let me get to this point and we're done. We got some good stuff coming, y'all, I promise you. Um, man, you have already experienced, men, you have already experienced this influence, positively or negatively. You have influence. Now that you know this, you must decide to reverse some old negative behaviors and become a positive influence on those around you. You must become the solution in each situation. Your reputation as a man will change. A man's reputation is vital to his influence. If you are, I think I wrote hero. If you are here or hearing this and need a change in your reputation, realize that it is accomplished by retooling of your voice. Somebody write it down. Retooling of your voice. Does it matter, women? Does it matter, women, his voice? Mm-hmm. What if I said to you, Joy, I love you. What would you say? What is wrong with you? Yes, right? Joy, I love you. Is it a difference? Saying the same thing, right, means the same thing. But for a woman, the energy behind it sends a different message. Retool your voice, fellas, because I'm coming for the women too. This is how you can begin to change your reputation. Take a serious look at the expectations that you've created and those you love. It is probably a mixture of positive and negative for the most part. Habits, actions, and character of the past must be brought into line with God's prototype. Positive influence will change the expectations of both you and your wife. When positive, respectful expectations is exhibited, your reception in all facets of relationships will change. It all begins with a reconnect to God. Yep, that's it. All right, I think I could do this last part in five minutes and then I can let y'all go because I know y'all ain't feeling it today. But I'm getting blessed. You feeling it? Amen. So women. Hello, women. All right, let's go. Women, learn to speak the same language. You are often so descriptive that your man loses your point. Here's a tip, women. Sometimes a man will give up trying to understand the issue and begin to grunt and say, okay, continually because it may be a sign that he is losing interest in the descriptive part of your concern. Don't circle the airport too long, women. Land the plane. It has begun to sound like nagging, blaming, and complaining to him. Add to that emotional challenges, dysfunctional family effects, and other painful experiences in our relationships, you may have a man who cannot hear your heart. Somebody say, land the plane. Look at another woman, woman to woman, land the plane, land the plane. So what do you do? Think as though you are making a presentation at work. Make your point and sit down. Guard against being overwhelmed by your feelings and failing to express yourself clearly. Your greatest misstep is when you fail to plainly ask for what you need or what you want or what you expect. You leave it to him to figure it out. 
Kevin Samuel, Kevin Samuel said this thing. Women pick the product and then don't like the product they picked. We pick these men. <laughs> Look at these faces. And then we have a problem with what we picked. I love y'all smiles. Your greatest misstep is when you fail to plan. Ask for what you need. Ask, don't demand. And what you want, but expect him to figure it out. He usually will do nothing. Because for a man, the field of possibility of making a mistake is too wide for him. And if you are discussing an issue that has been a historical problem in your marriage, he's gonna avoid the answer. If you have thought or said, women, if he really knew me, he would know what to do without me having to tell him. You are certain to be hurt or disappointed with that thinking. Articulate the full emotional message clearly. It is so essential for complete understanding. Both men and women must learn to unlock their nonverbal messages beyond their spoken questions. Y'all still with me? Always remember that the burden of understanding is on the speaker. Thank you, Anya. That should have been the face of every married couple in here. Who wants to have this talk? Can I talk to you for a moment? I know he's like another board meeting. The burden of the conversation is on the speaker. Y'all with me? The listener is not responsible for the speaker's message. It is your job to make yourself understood. Don't start the conversation based on assumptions. No assumptions. That's so hard because we so prophetic. I'm not assuming, Bernard, it's prophetic. And another person's mindset, opinion, or experience. Men and women do communicate differently and you must understand this dynamic. You can have a conversation with another woman, leave out certain details, and she will completely comprehend the entire dialogue in its full context. At times, it feels as though we are speaking two different languages to each other, especially in times of conflict or emotional-driven conversation. Almost there. Men and women need urgently to connect and realign their positions. This is the funny part. Men need to learn to speak a new language called women. And women need to learn a new language called, called man. As we look at the state of relationships, especially in the church, between men and women, it is apparent we are in a desperate search for relationship answers. Divorce, unhappy family situations, coexistence rather than relationships, and broken family bonds are responsible for the musical cheers sort of thing happening in marriages and relationships today. Outside voices are usually people who are ill-equipped to offer you any marriage advice, any solid assistance. It's called influence without responsibility. Write it down. It's a sterile conversation, S-T-E-R-I-L-E. -E. Ask me what makes it sterile. It's advice lacking full understanding of the circumstances. First of all, they're hearing one side, and they're usually hearing the side from the person they love the most. Because we call the people dearest to us when we got a problem. 
and then we wonder why everything that we feel they can cooperate. Girl, please, man, that woman you got, man, it don't work like that. That's a sterile conversation. You need someone who is unbiased but biblical. These are all influences that we bring into our homes that have no responsibility of what goes on in the homes. Men and women must become reacquainted in a very fundamental but productive way. Y'all with me still? I'm just about there, I promise. Often the vocabulary used in a conversation can cause miscommunication because words often contain different shades of meaning. For instance, when a man says he understands something, it doesn't mean he agrees with it. <laughs> understanding doesn't necessarily communicate agreement. Not understanding how vocabulary and expressions differ between men and women can cause huge communication gaps. Building the gap between these two styles of communication requires effort from both parties. Somebody say both parties. Adam and Eve, where are you? A man tends to communicate in a way that makes sense to him with an expectation that the woman will understand what he is thinking. Miscommunication can happen when he assumes the woman has received what has been said in the way he intended. Your woman needs to understand that you may not say what's really on your mind either until her last word comes out of her mouth. Fellas, say, lay in the plane. Yes, the man just wants to get to the bottom line so he can resolve the thing. A more effective strategy is to allow the woman a couple of rotations around the airport, fellas, <laughs> and then remind her that a circling plane needs to eventually touch down at its, at its designated location. She just needs a little time, sir, to go around the airport to feel safe to land. No more than two times should you allow her to circle the airport in her conversation to you. For example, if asked to describe a room, a woman's description will include the colors, the style of the furniture, the texture of the fabric matters, the coordination of the drapes to the furniture, and even to the woodwork, and what she likes and dislikes about all that she just described. A man will simply say, it's a great room. They have described the same room but articulated what they have seen in very different ways. I'm gonna stop right there for today. How y'all doing? Are y'all ready for this? Yes? Is it gonna help some of y'all get married? Is it gonna help some of y'all stay married? Oh Lord, hallelujah. I want the men of the apostles, how, just all the men actually can come up. I just wanna pray over you for your continued journey as the men that God has called you to be. I even want to sincere, sincerely apologize to us who did not realize that we've added to a long list of expectations from y'all. Matter of fact, if your wife is here, come on up, wife. Because she gonna apologize her own self. I'm going to try my best, but it ain't going to be fixed by today. <laughs> but I apologize. 
for adding expectations to you that you may not even know what I'm communicating or the gifts and abilities for those desires aren't even yours. Forgive me for not seeking God on who you are and praying that God speaks to you and you to obey his voice. I'm still going to tell you what to do. 